You're listening to the Catholic Fragments Podcast, where we explore the treasures of Catholicism, the fullness of truth revealed in Jesus Christ and His Church. I'm your host, Dr. Donald Wallenfang, and I invite you to join me in gathering up the fragments of the truth that sets us free. Pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A reading from the book of Exodus, chapter 3. Meanwhile, Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. Leading the flock beyond the wilderness, he came to the mountain of God, Horeb, There the angel of the Lord appeared to him as fire flaming out of a bush. When he looked, although the bush was on fire, it was not being consumed. So Moses decided, I must turn aside to look at this remarkable sight. Why does the bush not burn up? When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, God called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses, he answered, here I am. God said, do not come near, remove the sandals from your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. I am the God of your father, he continued, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. But the Lord said, I have witnessed the affliction of my people in Egypt and have heard their cry against their taskmasters, so I know well what they are suffering. Therefore I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them up from that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now indeed the outcry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen how the Egyptians are oppressing them. Now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you, and this will be your sign that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will serve God at this mountain. But, Moses said to God, if I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What do I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Then he added, This is what you will tell the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God spoke further to Moses, 
This is what you will say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. This is my title for all generations. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome to this episode of the Catholic Fragments Podcast. I'm Dr. Donald Wallenfang, and it is a joy to reflect together on the mystery and meaning of being. This episode pauses on the saturating question of being with reference to the famous revelation of God to Moses at Mount Horeb that we heard in the opening prayer. I am who I am. In Hebrew, Eheye Asher Eheye. I'd like to share a short excerpt from the first chapter of my 2019 book entitled Metaphysics, A Basic Introduction in a Christian Key. In this book, I unpack the philosophical approach called metaphysics in conversation with the fullness of God's self-revelation in the Judeo-Christian tradition. So to begin, let us consider the origin and history of the term metaphysics. This word metaphysics comes from the work of the ancient Greek philosopher Aristotle. Aristotle who lived about 300 years before the time of Jesus and was even one of the tutors of the Greek emperor Alexander the Great. Aristotle though did not use this word but he used other terms to refer to the subject matter that we know today as metaphysics. Terms such as first philosophy, first science, wisdom, and theology even. It was later editors who gathered up Aristotle's works, these 14 books that they put the heading Ta Meta Ta Physica, that is, the books after the physical ones. And the physical ones were the books contained in what we call Aristotle's work the physics. But the title Ta Meta Ta Fusica was probably meant to alert students of Aristotle that they should not read the metaphysics until they read his work called the physics, the books about nature and the natural world, things that are more evident to us, more familiar to us, the world of change, of cause and effect, the world of becoming. But metaphysics was a work that Aristotle wrote to ask one of the deepest questions we can ask as human beings, the premier question of philosophy, that is, what is being? What is being? What is it to be? It's a wonderful question, a fascinating question, probably one that we don't ask enough as human beings because we're so wrapped up in the physical world of being. But what is necessary for there to be a physical world of being? What is the condition of possibility for this matrix of cause and effect that we call the universe? 
This is what the field of metaphysics investigates. The very word metaphysics, meta meaning what is beyond, behind, or before the physical world of being. So definitely it will get into spiritual realities in relation to material ones. So now I want to share a short excerpt from my 2019 book, as I mentioned, entitled Metaphysics. It's excerpt from chapter one. And comment on it a bit as I go. So in this section of the book, I'm asking the question of being in conversation with God's revelation in Jesus. God's gradual revelation that we call salvation history in the Judeo-Christian tradition. From the biblical witness and the witness of the living tradition of the church, we encounter a savior who is involved with the question of being. In fact, he is its answer, even if in the form of provoking countless questions that circle back to being, as honeybees circulating back and forth to their hive. In Jesus, we do not find a closure of the question of being, even from the standpoint of philosophy proper. Rather, we find question opening onto question as the meaning of the answer. This is what Jesus does in the Gospels. When someone asks him a question, oftentimes he returns the favor and asks them a question. Jesus provokes questions in us because when we ask questions with sincerity, with the openness to dialogue and investigation, we are seeking truth. Asking questions is very important in every conversation. To be a good listener is to be a good question asker. We can think about that within our own conversations. How often do I ask the other person facing me questions? Do I really care about them, about their life, about what they think? Do I care about empowering them to seek the truth by inviting them to ask questions with me and allowing them to provoke new questions in me? So for Jesus, one question answered means another one raised. Jesus shows that the point of the question of being, what is being, is not to solve a riddle once and for all, but to be transported by the question to encounter with the living God. That's the point. It's not simply an academic exercise to ask all these questions, but the questions themselves transport us in a chariot, so to speak, to encounter with the living God. The one true God we call the Lord is revealed as being itself, both through reason and revelation. What St. Thomas Aquinas calls ipsum esse in Latin, being itself. Not a being as noun, but being esse as verb, the act of being itself is a good rational way to think about God. 
But moreover, what the Lord reveals to Moses on Mount Horeb is that divine being is personal being. And this we get with the self-identification of God as Ehyeh. Or we say in English, I am. I am. The subject, the first person is implied in the saying, Ehyeh. I am, I will be, I have been. To this day, this name of God, we translate in English, the Lord, usually in all capital letters in our English translations of scripture, is so sacred that the Jewish community does not pronounce it out loud to this day, but rather says Adonai, Ha-Adonai, that is the Lord, or Hashem, which means the name, in the place of saying the sacred name of God out loud. And I'm not saying it either. I, I take up the practice myself of not, not pronouncing the sacred name of God, this tetragrammaton, as it's called, the four letters, Y-H-W-H. I don't pronounce it out loud, but uh, the, the origin of the name is that Hebrew verb, to say, I am. Just like the question of being the sacred name of God as revealed by God deflects closure. It radiates with the hospitality of investigation and exposure. God is revealed to the degree that God is concealed. A paradox indeed, but should we expect anything less from eternal being? Being itself? Personal being itself? Before the divine name is revealed to Moses at the mountain called Horeb, and Hebrew Horeb means heat, fire, dry, even sword, or barren, solitude. So even before this divine name is revealed to Moses here, Moses confesses, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? The Hebrew Mi aniki, who am I? Mi aniki. It's very interesting this contrast between Moses speaking of himself this way. Who am I? Questioning himself, questioning his own existence, finding his very existence a question to which God, the Lord, the I am is the answer. And immediately God answers Moses. I will be with you, or I am with you, or I have been with you. Who am I? God answers, I am with you. The relationship between God and Moses is utterly asymmetrical. While Moses calls into question his own finite, an utterly dependent human being, God affirms his own infinite and paternally solicitous, that is, caring and responsible divine being, not merely as generic, abstract being itself, ipsumese, 
but being with Moses. Divine being is revealed as personal being, as responsible being. In this unsolicited theophany to Moses, God reveals eternal divine being as not only being itself, but as being with, being with the other, being for the other, suffering with the other, the very meaning of compassion. This episode of Divine Revelation breathes further life into metaphysics, aiding our understanding of the uncreated essence being itself, ipsum esse. Not only being, but being with. The Lord God, I am, is the God whose being is being bound to another, covenantal being in relationship. The origin of the divine name, Hashem, the Tetragrammaton, these four letters, Y-H-W-H, begins here as response to Moses and the affirmation of interpersonal communion in relation to the mission God sets before Moses to liberate a captive people. So, the self-revelation of the sacred name of God is bound up with the suffering, the lived history of the Hebrew people, enslaved to Pharaoh and the Egyptians. God deigns and desires to intervene because he is acquainted with the suffering of the Hebrew slaves. As we read again in Exodus, God saying to Moses, I have witnessed the affliction of my people in Egypt and have heard the Hebrew word here, Shema. I have heard their cry. Za'akatam mipenayi. Their cry against their taskmasters. So I know well, yada, in Hebrew, what they are suffering. Therefore I have come down, yarad, to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and to lead them up from the land into a good and spacious land a land flowing with milk and honey. So this Hebrew biblical text is ripe with meaning and what it reveals about the Lord, Hashem, I am. The Lord is attentive to his creatures. He shows himself to be a God who listens, Shema, and then calls for us to listen to him in Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 and 5. Shema Yisrael, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. He knows well the suffering of the other because of his radical empathy for it. He is attuned to the face that cries out. Za'akatam mipenegi. So that's literally the Hebrew there. Not just the cry of a people, but the face that cries out. Panim in Hebrew, a face that is seen to the measure that it is heard. He condescends from his hinterland of pure transcendence and becomes imminent. Emmanuel, the meaning of Emmanuel, God with us, being with the other, being for the other, being responsible for the other. 
God does this in order to redeem his beloved creatures. And we read about this revelation of God, another name for God, Emmanuel, God with us, in the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 7, verse 14. Altogether, this God is interesting to us because he is interested in us. Yet the narrative goes on to punctuate what we might call the ontological status of divinity or the metaphysical nature of divinity with all the more force. God says to Moses, I am who I am. I am has sent me to you. The Lord, there's the sacred name, the Tetragrammaton, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, and even that word Abraham, Avraham, means merciful father, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. So the Hebrew people, therefore, should really recognize Moses as an authentic prophet because of this identification of God, not just among a pantheon of deities, but the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of history, the God of the struggle, the God who is with us. Divine paternity is accentuated in the repetition of the word father here in this text, av in Hebrew, Abraham, but also we see it in the word we're translated in English, ancestors, ancestry. And we have this summative genealogy of covenantal fidelity, this revelation of a God who is always faithful, who always is with us, who never leaves or forsakes us. This is God the Father, to bring this together with God's revelation in Jesus and the New Testament in relation to the Hebrew scriptures, God the Father, quoting St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians chapter 3, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. God the Father is I am, is being itself, ipsum esse, is the Alpha and the Omega, the one who is and the one who was and the one who is to come, the Almighty. Book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 8. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Revelation, chapter 19, verse 16. God the Son and God the Holy Spirit are revealed to be consubstantial of the same substance, of the same divine essence and nature as God the Father. And God the Son is also called in Greek, Logos Tuteu, Revelation chapter 19, verse 13, the Word of God. And Jesus testifies in the New Testament, in particular in the Gospel according to St. John. Amen, amen, I say to you, before Abraham came to be, I am. In Greek, ego eimi. Jesus' words are enigmatic. The evangelist writing in Greek uses the same words in the Greek translation of the Hebrew scriptures called the Septuagint. 
The Greek translation of Exodus 3.14 I am ego eimi Here Jesus could be referring implicitly to this text and the basic meaning of Jewish monotheistic faith. However, from the standpoint of Christian belief, Jesus implies this and also the theological fact that he is God in the flesh. Although, in typical humble fashion, he leaves it up to his listeners to make this connection out of the autonomous, graceful decision of their free response of faith. So, the question of being filled out with the questions of substance and essence, these metaphysical terms and categories, brings us face to face with the theological interpretation of this question in the context of the Judeo-Christian tradition. The meaning of being itself, ipsum esse, comes alive with its personalization of divine revelation. Divinity is not so much a concept that we are meant to talk about as it is persons who speak and listen to us, who we are meant to talk with. This marks the possibility of the metamorphosis of metaphysics into prayer. I am invited to address a personal God because he has addressed me personally. Because he calls my name for the first time at my conception, I am welcome to call upon the name Hashem, a name both singular, the Lord, and plural, Elohim, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Both noun, being itself, and pronominal verb, I am being itself. I am because God is. Because God is, I am. Personhood given precedes personhood received. And as much as I am a finite, I am. Eternal, I am, preceded me from beyond eternity and awakened me into being. Moreover, because God is, I will be. Therefore, I will be into eternity as beloved by God. I experience my creaturely being as received being. But attending to God's self-revelation, I discover that God is being given. So may we continue to contemplate the perennial mystery of divine being as revealed to Moses on Mount Horeb as being with, as being in relation, as being bound to another, as being for the other. May we not fail to be encouraged in our life's journey by the ecstasy of being, from being to being, that we call interpersonal relationship, with all the redemptive dramatics brought to us by the advent and adventure of being. 
Thank you for joining me on the Catholic Fragments podcast, where you are equipped to think toward the whole, to pray from the heart, and to live as a witness.